0: Welcome to the Bears Essentials. On today's show, recap the Bears' victory over the Browns, and discuss the fifty-three man roster. A Dub, we got a lot to unpack. Get in here, son. What's up, bro? Hey, what's happening with your brother? Man, it's good with me too, man. Not some of them people that got sent packing, but we're gonna get into that in a little bit, man. One of the things that you, um, when you have when you get down to these cuts, A Dub, you know, it's just it's never cool to see people losing a job, man. And so I know a lot of times us as as analysts, podcasters, fans. All we think about is, oh, when we get the fifty-three man roster. Uh, we get the fifty-three man roster solidified, but we also got to take some time and think about these players that have been busting their asses all summer, all off season, and they get the pink slip. You know what I mean? So sometimes, you know, we got to think about the other side of the equation as well.
1: No, you're right on that, Prez. It is kind of sad, man. That's the human side of it, right? When you see guys who don't make it, who've been busting their butts, like you said, putting in hard work as well. man. But I do feel for players like that who've been busting their butts, and I would just tell them, hey, continue at it, man. The sky's the limit. You will get you the opportunity, whether it's with the Bears or somewhere else.
0: And also in the case of, if the guy didn't have a good practice or a good games as well, I mean I still my thoughts still go out for those guys as well. Like you said, keep grinding, stay at it. But like you mentioned, man, when you look at this roster that Ryan Poles and his staff has put together, along with our coaching staff, it's, it I mean, it just speaks to the fact of Ryan Poles came in here with one idea, and that was to overhaul his roster, and that's what he did. But we're gonna get into that a little bit later in the show. Aw, I got to get your thoughts on that game from last week because my
1: brother. Justin
0: Fields boy, he showed up and showed out.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, he answered a lot of questions. You asked me because people were wondering how he looked right still. Because the, the previous game, of course, he didn't play that many you know reps, but seeing this game here, you're like, well, he's putting it all together, making accurate throws press, getting rid of the ball quickly. I mean, Justin Fields came out to put on the show.
0: I mean, he just put on the show, man. I think what the main thing that he did, and it's kind of what you touched on. Is he quieted up some of those, those critics out there. You know, yep. On last week's episode, I went on Mike Marks. He wasn't the only one that's been out there chirping about Justin. A lot of people didn't <laughs> run of their mouth about Justin. I know some people, they were like, man, prayers you went in. You know, I'm just sick and tired of people talking shit. We didn't even get to the real games yet. This is the first game last week against the Browns. was the first game that Justin had some extended reps out there. And look what he did. Now, I know there's people going to sit up here and tell me, oh, calm down, Prez. Calm down, A-Dub. It's only preseason. Well, y'all are the same people that don't find any enjoyment out of life because I enjoyed watching that. And if as a Bears fan, you didn't sit there during that game and you, were, you weren't you were proud and you weren't smiling when you saw Justin lighten it up, then I got to question your Bears fandom.
1: Because I don't now, care so- There it was a preseason. And here's the deal, press These are the same folks who were criticizing Justin Fields in practice, right? Thank you. So you can criticize him in practice. I can't praise him in preseason games. That's a little bit, you know what I'm saying, hypocritical right there. So, hey, let us go ahead and enjoy what this kid is doing because he's showing proof that he has been getting better and he proved it out on the field in these preseason games. And I'm
0: telling you, man, (laughs) these people, they've been running their mouths. And it's not just the critics, the national analysts or, or these other people out here. There's been people in this fan base talking shit about Justin. Yeah. And now they over here having to backpedal which I love. I love seeing the backpedaling. I really do. And you people out there that was over here telling us that Tevin Jenkins wasn't even going to be on the opening day roster, I love how quiet y'all are right now. I really do. Because this is the thing, A-Dub. See, folks, they be making these comments, man, because, again, as I talk about all the time, they looking for the hot take, A-Dub. They yep. want to say the shit that everybody's like, ooh, ooh, that was sexy. He he predicted that, that Tevin Jenkins ain't even going to make the opening day roster. That motherfucker is about to be the starting right guard. Why y'all over here talking this weirdo shit? Come on, man. Can we just base our thoughts on what we're seeing and not just yelling out some far-fetched shit just when you get some clicks and some attention? Let's stop it. You know, I'm just, I'm sick of a lot of stuff that I see out here. But anyway, Justin Fields, (laughs) bro. Justin Fields. My God. Even Darnell Mooney said after the game, he said, look, man, my guy gonna shine. He's a dog. And y'all right. I mean, (laughs) Darnell Mooney, he's right, A-Dub. Justin Fields is a dog.
1: Yeah, he's a dog, Prez. I mean, but Justin Fields, man, learns so quickly, Prez. Like, when he make a mistake in the game, I see no one-time hold the ball too long. And what do you do, Prez? Next thing you know, he makes seven straight completions. It's like, this kid learns fast. He knows what he's doing out there. We feel like he make a mistake. He comes right back and show you that, you know what is that out of my mind. I'm going to make the next throw. I'm going to come at you guys. So this kid plays tough, plays hard. And especially when get in bootlegs and rollouts, he's unstoppable, man.
0: And what do I always say? What have I been saying? The key is getting this kid out of the run, getting him with clean pockets, because when Justin Fields has a clean pocket to throw from, he will pick people apart. And that is what he did against the Browns. The protection held up. He was throwing in clean pockets and he was delivering the ball with accuracy down the field Yep, for touchdowns.
1: He was, for instance. You can see how he extended the, the play as well, right? When he roll out, it's like, hey, waiting little Bit and then make an accurate throw. I mean, you can see he's going through his reads very quickly, too, and he's making the best throw out of it. So, I like the fact that he's doing that. And it just shows you when you put a guy like him in good positions, what he can do. It's also an indictment of the
0: last regime. I'm not even going to mention that man's name moving forward because <laughs> I said I was going to stop talking about him. But it just goes <laughs> to show you when you see what Justin is doing, this is what happens when you have competent coaching. This is what happens, A dub, when you have accountability within yeah. your organization. This is what happens. We're seeing a different team out there. Preseason, the Bears didn't have many turnovers. I talked about that on the last show. You think that happened by coincidence? No. You got a coach in here that's, that's fucking demanding accountability. That's that's demanding excellence. And Absolutely. so when you have that, that you you have that when you bring that to the forefront, you're going to see fewer turnovers. You're going to see fewer mistakes out there. Guys are locked in. Guys know, if I fuck up, I'm going to be held accountable. (laughs) Sam Mustapha was even talking about it at He was like, there was when they were doing film reviews, he was getting grayed down because he wasn't hustling to pick a teammate up and get back to the line of scrimmage. That's how much attention to detail is going on right now when they're evaluating these players.
1: Man, they are looking at the big things as well as the little things, friends. And like you said, attention to detail, the coaching staff is all over it. But the point you hit very clearly was around that accountability because what it shows for us, not only with the fact that they're making smaller mistakes, they're not having a lot of penalties out there like they used to. It's like you see a change. That does goes credit to the coaching staff.
0: And, I mean, when when I just think about Justin returning back here to Cleveland, just remember last year, audience, what happened in his first start when he was at Cleveland. Oof. I mean, he got battered and bruised up. So, in my opinion... That was like Justin was out there. He was exercising them demons. When I saw him on the sideline smiling and, and kind of like, you know what I'm saying, had a little swagger kicking in, it's because he remembered what happened the last time he was in that stadium. Guy got sacked nine fucking times.
1: Yeah, it was a nightmare for him.
0: <laughs> but guess what? He came back out there and gave him a motherfucking nightmare. How about it?
1: <laughs> Get him in those situations, Prez. And those, like you said, who talked down on a man, they were actually wrong, Prez. They're going to find out more when the season comes.
0: Well, i just tell you one thing, man. You can just tell outside of that opening possession where they punt it. Yeah. Every other possession that Justin Fields and that offense on the field, you saw good things happening. And the one thing that I want to just really focus on, the thing that I saw when I did my rewatch of the game, because obviously when you and I was watching the game, we were sitting there posted up, watching it together, but I had to watch it again the second time, because I wanted to kind of key in on some stuff, so, on some things. And I wanted to bring it up to our audience. So, one of the bigger things that I saw from Justin in this game that I didn't see earlier in the preseason was the timing, the rhythm. Yeah. I was watching his footwork. You know what I mean? Yep. That was the one play they were running deep curls, and it was, like, on the right side of the field. So, Justin, he comes out of the fake. He went in and a very deep drop back. Right. But then he used two quick hit steps. Now, I want you to hear what I'm saying here. So that gave him time to tie up with the route. And guess who he hit on that play, A-Dub? He found and St. Brown. First down, nice throw, nice concept. But it goes to show you how a quarterback looks when they're confident, when you put them in a scheme and system that works for them. That's that's what it's all about. I know Bill Walsh back in the day, A-Dub, he would always say you could tell how confident a quarterback was by watching their feet. When you watch Justin Fields feet in that game, I saw a very I, shit, I saw an extremely confident quarterback out there. You know what I mean? Because he's trusting what he sees out there. Smooth, bro. Like that footwork, man. Last year it wasn't like that. This year, you look down there, man. Justin knows what the hell he's doing. He knows what he's he knows what he's seeing, and he has confidence in those guys on the outside. Now, I know everybody wants to sit here and they want to talk shit about the, the weapons and whatnot. Hey, ain't, no, ain't going to be no problem with the no wide receivers. We we good. We good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so, too, Fred. should be no problem with those uh, wide receivers at all, man. You, you're spot on with that piece. But I definitely got to echo what you're saying, you know, about him being in rhythm because you did see him throw it to many different people, right? Money Moon, Cold Commit, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, St. Brown. It's like he was just spreading the wealth, and he was spreading it with accuracy, like in good rhythm, like, okay, I see, I look through my reads, I'm making a quick pass, I'm not going to hold him to the ball, so going to get it out of my hands very quickly. And he was very active with those throws as well. So it's like, that's what you're looking for in Justin Fields. And to me, like we talked about, that is a sign of growth. No, it really is. I mean, everybody will
0: talk about the Dante Pettis touchdown, but we won't talk about how Justin Fields and Dante Pettis were seamless in their communication and the rhythm and how they make that play happen. That was another deep curl route. You right. know what I mean? And Justin Fields got the ball out
1: as soon as Dante Pettis was getting out of that break. The
0: exactly. ball was right there on him.
1: That's why I love the most right there, Perez. That don't happen by accident. <laughs> that just shows you that they made a brand-new play millions of times with whomever, right, with each other and made that play. He just knew exactly where it was going to be, and he showed up. Yeah.
0: I mean, the touchdown to
1: Ryan Griffin. This is a corner out. To him, that was another
0: situation right there where it was Justin knowing where his guy was going to be at, right. anticipating, and the ball placement on that throw to Ryan Griffin, brother, when it happened live, I looked over at you. And then when I watched it, like when I was doing my tape breakdown, I was sitting there just like, God damn, that was a throw.
1: <laughs> it was one of those exciting throws, too. I was like, man, this kid, he gets it. He gets it, man.
0: So... I don't know, man. I, I just When I look at this type of stuff, man, I, I look at a quarterback that I think is poised. and I, You hear Darnell Mooney saying, hey, he going to make those teams that, that passed on him in the draft, he going to make them pay? Well, we got the Niners coming up week one, so here we go. First one on the, <laughs> the fucking hit list. Let's go, Justin.
1: Let's go, baby. I'm quite sure watching this game, you know, against the Browns, I know Justin Fields is going to be ready for that, Perez, no matter what happens. I know the preparation is going to be good. I know all that stuff is going to happen no matter what happened, man. This kid really is showing that praise. He is ready, man. He's ready. Yeah. And Justin, after the game, to his credit, he was like, look, this was a turning point for the
0: offense heading into the regular season. Yep. He felt it. He saw it. We saw what we saw. And all we could do as a fan base is just sit back and enjoy what we're seeing and let this team build on what we saw in that last preseason game because that's the whole point of that final preseason game. It's supposed to be a tune-up, right, A-Dub? Yep. So, yep. hey, let's not change the narrative and be like, oh, there's only a preseason game. Is this and is that. No, let's stop moving the goalpost. Let's enjoy what we see. Let's go. I mean, we got the Niners coming up in a in
1: week. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's get the Niners right there. So that's what you like about it, Perez. This is a good step in the right direction. So hope these practice, it's going to be pretty good for them to get them going. But again... Way to take on this victory here to go into the game, to the season.
0: Yep, and I would say in addition to Justin, I thought the offensive line did a really good job in that game. Yep. Multiple times there was plays that I saw when I did my little breakdown. I said, that was good out there. I love when Justin – I didn't like when Justin got hit late, but I loved that his fucking teammates was right there on those motherfuckers' Woo! asses.
1: Man, you see Cody White here? Man, up, man, I was like, Cody, like, that, is that you? <laughs> I swear. I said the same thing, bro. I was kind of shocked. I was like, oh, OK. That's the way it shot me right there. You get to a guy face like, hey, what you doing, man? That's my quarterback on the ground. you hitting like that. So I love it.
0: Yes, sir. Scramble drill. We saw scramble drill in this game. And we yeah. know they didn't run scramble <laughs> drill at all, Mooney. Darnell Mooney told us they, they did not practice scramble drill. But guess what? In this game, on film, I thought they did a really good job with scramble drill, running the right routes, getting to that right depth. And that's important with your routes because there were so many times in the past where we would sit there and we would watch the wide receivers run routes short of the fuck the first down marker. Right. That used to drive me fucking crazy. Now you got these guys, when you watch it on film, you're like, hey, that's the correct depth on that route. Right,
1: That's right. the first
0: down. In running truth, the football. Luke gets it, he gets it, bro. I thought they did a really good job of opening everything up with Justin with the play action and those bootleg
1: plays because they committed to the run. Right. <laughs> and speaking of the run, Chris, your boy Montgomery has some good runs out there, man, that you're right, that helped open that up. You're right. So if you run the football effectively, you know, it's going to throw the – um you know, the defense off, but the good thing about those runs like that, Perez, is that you can see Justin Fields selling it, right? It's
0: like, and I I think that's a really good point, not only just on the point you made about how Justin was able to thrive off of David Montgomery, but what that final preseason game showed me, well, really, what it just reminded all of us, David Montgomery is going to thrive in his office this season.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm sorry. There's so many people that's already kind of writing him off, and and kind of thinking about life after David Montgomery, nah, son.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Demo, like, nah, I'm still that guy. I'm still the first running back on this damn squad. You know what I mean? And now he's been out for a bit, you know, with that undisclosed injury. Right. But I'm but I'm telling you, brother, when he got back on that field, he showed us why he showed us why he's still the right man to lead that backfield, bro. And I know this you guys gonna tell us McClure Herbert, he's ready. Yeah, I, sounds good. And I have a lot of confidence in Cleo, but I still want that 30. I still want 32 getting that ball early and often, baby.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I think if I think for the, people the future, we can think about right now. We got Dave Montgomery right now. Let's not talk about who's next in line. Let's enjoy the ride with this guy because, man, like you say, Perez, he runs hard, man. And we always talked about before in the past about him breaking tackles, Perez. He's showing you, like, look. I can run through these guys, man, and I can get those extra inches for those extra yards. So he will keep climbing, man. That's the guy you want to have in your backfield for sure.
0: I'll tell you one thing, man. The person that comes in first on David Montgomery, that person's tough because he's going to give them hell because you're right. In that game, I like to call them angry runs. That motherfucker like somebody <laughs> stole his motherfucking money the way he was running the ball. I was like, good Lord, David.
1: <laughs> I mean he had one one of those runs, man. He had guys holding on to him and he moving him. I'm like, look, and he pumped up. I said, man, this ain't the guy you want to play with right here. This is Dave Montgomery. We look forward to seeing.
0: Yep. Now we know the organization. They said, look, we want to see how he how he performs in this system before we commit to him. So we'll see. But I'll tell you one thing, it's pretty clear to me. Now I'm not Ryan Poles and I don't have all the football accolades his staff has. But in my humble opinion here, A-Dub, it's very clear that this offense moves well when David Montgomery's involved. So I'm looking forward to a very big-time year from David Montgomery. I'm not just saying that because he's on my fantasy football team. I'm saying that because I think that this guy's going to tear shit up. He's going to get that money, whether it's here in Chicago or elsewhere. He's going to get that paper.
1: <laughs> and guess what, Perez? He is definitely working on it, too.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. What else did you see from that preseason game, man, that, that kind of gave you a little takeaway besides David Montgomery? Because I thought that was a really good call-up.
1: Hey, man, I was watching Justin Jones out there, press He and Morrow. I was watching those two guys on defense. And I am like, man, just seeing those guys out there, Chris, running hard, cutting people off, stopping the run, getting in there applying pressure on the quarterback as well. I thought those two guys played well and looked ready for the season.
0: Yeah, no, listen, if, if Nicholas Morrow can stay healthy, that's been his – his issue in his career is just the injuries he's a very good fucking player and i was so happy when ryan Pohl signed him because yeah. i told you i don't have no concern with him next to Roquan because you know you know morrow's gonna make plays he's so yeah. athletic when you watch him on tape it's a beautiful thing to see out there so I, I love that call out justin jones people don't talk about him enough for my for my uh liking a dub. so thank you for bringing that up because justin jones in this defense he's the key he's, yeah you know what i'm saying it's, it's, it start, it starts right there with him, and he gets it. So I like that guy, man. He came in here with a chip on his shoulder anyway. I You, you can't have <laughs> enough guys like that on this team. You know what I
1: mean? No, you can't. You can't, man. These guys are playing physical prayers, and you add that along with the um, you know, with the principles there. You know that um, Iberflus brought forward. I mean, these guys are executing, and I, I love what I'm saying for Justin Jones.
0: Yep, Dante Pettis in the game. I thought that he did a really good job. Heading into the cuts, I didn't know if it was going to be enough for him. Right. We see that he actually did make the 53-man roster. But in that game, brother, he had that nice little touchdown when he shook his defender in the end zone. <laughs> I was like, shit, man, that, that was a nice fucking play. But the one thing that I saw from that was the fact that it looks like Justin has good chemistry with him and yeah. also with Tajay And That's probably why those guys got the edge.
1: Oh, absolutely, Fred. And with this Rousseau, hey, let's, let's ride it out.
0: But like I said, man, it's one of those things he made the roster as of now. Because as we can tell with the 53-man roster, we're going to get into with you guys in a little bit. Everything's fluid. So anything that we talk about right now is subject to change, this It's subject <laughs> to change. <laughs> That's facts. Now, I got to get into a little bit of negative because, you know, I got to be, you know, I got to keep it 100 around here. means St. Brown. Now, I've been watching him during training camp. And obviously, he made the 53-man roster. He made a nice little catch. I highlighted that catch that he made in the game. You but did. The one, the one thing that has kind of concerned me with him is him hanging on to the football. Because on that play that I talked about, as he was going out of bounds, the ball popped out of his hands. Now, it was, it was recovered by one of our players. Right. Now, I know somebody's going to brush that off and say, oh, prayers is not that big of a deal. Well, guess what? I made in fucking Howell's Hall all summer. And I saw a lot of instances where St. Brown was getting the ball poked out after he, you know, I, I saw many instances A-Dub when the ball was coming out after he made contact with the defender. It happened often in practice. It even happened at Family Fest out there in Soldier Field. And now we're seeing it happen in the game as well. So people may say, not a big deal. But when I see b- ball security with a player, I got to call it out. You can't have that during the season. You got to hold on to that fucking football. <laughs>
1: Exactly, friends. Turnover's a big deal, man. He has to understand that, which I believe he does. But you're right, calling it out now, man, because he, that's what we still got to clean up.
0: Because what this is the, the big thing with him St. Brown's got a really big opportunity here in Chicago. You got to think about it. When all the injuries there in that wide receiver room is going on, he can, separate, he can separate himself and become one of Justin's go to guys. Think about it. tall receiver, large catch radius. Bro, that's a matchup nightmare. But he's got to be able to hold on to that football. So I, that's why I got to call it out. You know me. I'm going to keep it a buck over here.
1: <laughs> well, that's a good thing you stayed his ass close to that outside line. <laughs> man, just hold
0: on to that goddamn ball. You know I mean? Come on. Hold on right. to that football. <laughs>
1: hold on to the ball, bro. You got to.
0: Yeah, the football, your friend. Your football, your friend. Yes, sir. My last takeaway, man, before we get into these cuts in the 53-man roster, a dub was Kendall Vildor. Now, this is a guy on this show that you and I both have kind of, like, looked at a little bit and wondered, Man, what is it with this guy? Why do they like him so much? why did the last coach of staff like him so much? Right. I mean, because he was getting cooked last season. Oh, it was it was,
1: <laughs> it, it, it was bad.
0: I mean, honestly, going into this camp and going into this offseason, I thought his days were numbered. You gotta think about it. Drafted the Kyler Gordon, and this kind of made it look like eh, we're kind of looking to putting you behind us, you know what I mean? But I tell you one thing that man, Kyle Kildur, Vildor. That man, Kendall Vildo, A-Dub, I got to give him his props. Because you know what he did? He did not listen to the naysayers like a press. He didn't listen to people (laughs) calling him out. He went in there in his offseason, had a really good offseason, came in here, had a great preseason finale, A-Dub. I mean, look at it. The tackles, what he was able to do in coverage when he defended that one play in the end zone. Yeah. I was like, all right. Your your, your coverage skills are improved from last year. I don't know what the guy into him. You know what? No, I do know. what, it's that, you competition. Know what
1: <laughs> that competition. Exactly. You know that definitely was a factor. But you had a good point, man. Uh, I like his tackling, especially on that screenplay, Pres. I was like, whoa, that is different because that's something we definitely didn't see last season when it came down to things like that. Being able to read plays, I thought that was a good read by him. Well, I, I would say this.
0: The tackling never really concerned me when it came to Vildor because he's always kind of made plays like that. You know, tackling one issue it was the cover shit for him. I think <laughs> that was a great call out on that on that screen pass because he blew that shit up, bro. He blew he it
1: did. up. But, yeah, I like what you said as well, man. That defensive play right there. Even though he didn't get that interception he's supposed the guy, I still give him a pass.
0: Yeah, you got to get that. I hope, he, you gotta, <laughs> I, hope he, I hope he did his push-ups on that. You got to get that pick, bro. Got to get that pick.
1: Yes, sir. You got to get that, man. You got to get
0: that one. But I would just say, man, seeing him perform the way he did, it made me feel good about the cornerback depth there. I agree. And it also makes you realize that he probably will be able to thrive in Allen Williams' defense. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, you hit a good point, man. Why is working for him, Perez? It goes back to that accountability that you mentioned earlier, man. It's, it, 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 it is what it is with that. This guy's learning what he had to clean up. And he's actually cleaning some things up. So salute to Vildor, man. I hope he continues at this rate press. That'll be good for him.
0: Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with you, man. And uh, listen, bro, I hope he continues to keep proving me wrong because I still was <laughs> over here. Because you know me, A-Dub, I'm not going to just be the guy that's always going to talk about when I was right. I can also admit when I was wrong. And I did not like what I saw from Vildor last season. I don't I think agree. many Bears fans did. Like, listen, I'm also going to be real quick to say, Hey, Vildor, good job out there.
1: Keep it up. Yeah, exactly. You showing
0: signs of improvement like that, friends? All I can do is salute you on
1: that. That's
0: right, and I and I will. I'm over here saluting him right now. Y'all can't see me, but I'm saluting my man, Kendall Vildor. <laughs> Kendall Vildor, keep that shit up, baby. Keep it up.
1: Yes, sir. Keep it up.
0: Tevin Jenkins, A-Dub, he made the 53-man roster as of now. And I was joking earlier about the people that was writing him off and saying how he wasn't even going to make the opening day roster. But these trades, they continue to swirl around Tevin Jenkins' hand, dub What say you?
1: Well, Perez, I do understand why, if there are any, you know, circulations of him possibly getting traded or rumors, I can understand because, one, he is showing some signs of improvement, right? Showing he can play at the right guard. But you and I do know, right, how long could he be healthy, right? Can he remain healthy? That's the thing been going on with him the past couple of seasons. Last season, of course, coming into you know, the practice and all that stuff, he still has some issues, right, concerned with health. So can he be fully healthy? We don't know. That jury really is just still out there, right? It's good he's making some noise and headway, right, to get some people that are looking at him, other teams, like, whoa, he's looking pretty good. The tape on him looking pretty good. But the thing is, can this guy remain healthy?
0: Yeah, no, I think the health part is, is one thing. I, there was been some people that have been talking about the kid's maturity in the past. Well, I'll tell you one thing, man. When he came back to Hallis Hall, and he got back there on the practice field, I saw a kid that was ready to go. Right, and we saw that he went out there and took Michael Schofield's job because they signed <laughs> Schofield, they signed Riley Reef to come in here, and them young bucks on the team was like, "Nah, we don't need them dudes." You know what I mean? Now I know Riley Reef; he made the fifty-three man, the fifty-three man roster. Michael Schofield did because Tevin Jacobs was like, "Nah, fuck that, I got that spot." What's up?
1: Right, right. Hey, what he went and did, he did take. you right. These young guys showed up to some of these vets for us, And I appreciate and I applaud the competition that we all talk about. But, hey. The cream rolls to the top, baby. <laughs> and that's what it comes down to. Tevin is like, look, hey, I want this spot. You all move me around enough, right? Left tackle, right tackle, now right guard. Hey, <laughs> I gotta thrive some damn well. I'm gonna show you hole I can play anywhere on this offensive line. Guess what? I can do some other things and grow into it. So what he's doing now, proving a lot of people wrong, like you talked about, Chris.
0: No, and that's and that's facts they that dub. And I would think honestly, that the Tevin at Jenkins has to be that starter at right guard. I know we picked up Leatherwood. We're going to get into that in a second. But I think barring some sort of an incredible offer that Ryan Poles gets, he gets one of those offers that he can't refuse type scenarios. That's the only way I see that Tevin gets moved. But I think right now, you got to put your best five out there on that offensive line. And I can't see in any world where there's going to be anybody that's going to come in with that tenacity, and that nastiness in that right guard position that Tevin Jenkins breaks. Now, we know that's probably not going to be perfect. Cause the kids still, you know, kind of right. getting in position there, that's but right. honestly, bro, that offensive line to me is one of the biggest keys when it comes to this offense in of 2022. I want our best five up there. Let's go, let's knock some fucking heads off.
1: And that's what's about for us having the best five out there. I've always said I enjoy watching him and Larry Borg together, Tevin Jenkins, those two. They do pretty well, those young dudes, man. So I gotta applaud them. They look like they got some good chemistry going on.
0: Let's get into these cuts. Audience, I'm sure y'all been waiting to get our thoughts on these cuts now. Well, listen, when you got to make 27, you know, so you got to make 27 cuts to your, your football team, your roster, there's going to be some names on there. You're going to be like, okay, I, I get that one, I get that one. But you're going to get to the area where you're be like, hmm, kind of surprised about that one. Right. So, what AW and I are going to do, we're going to kind of go through some of our surprise slash toughest cuts that we thought that the organization had to make. I'm going to start off with Thomas Graham Jr. Now, this is the guy that Brother Dub <laughs> predicted would be the starter at nickel. And guess what? I was wrong about it, too, because my guy, Tavon Young, ain't going to be the starter at nickel either because he's on our IR. <laughs> so we was both wrong.
1: Again, right. Accountability. We're going we gonna to be
0: honest when we were off. We both got that shit, bro. <laughs>
1: we sure did, man. We sure did. And that hurt him as well. Same thing for Young, right? They can't stay on the field. Right. The options do you have at that point, right? They can't be your starter. They're not playing.
0: Right. And honestly, the health, which is why Lamar Jackson and Jalen Jones got the nod over him, right? Right. But I was happy to see that Thomas Graham made it back on that practice squad.
1: Me too. I, I'm happy about that, Perez, because I still see that this kid does has, has a chance to show us something still. But the thing is, he got to get out there, man. <laughs> got to get out there. So at the end of the day, Perez, I hope it's not he's getting another chance. I hope he can take full advantage of it, right, and show us something going forward. Because
0: Michael Schofield, I, I talked about that one a second ago. This is the guy that Tevin Jenkins is basically just took this guy's lunch. Now, I was actually surprised because, okay, it's one thing that Tevin took your job, but I thought that Schofield would have been a nice guy to keep around to have as a backup. But yeah. the organization, they, they saw something different. They were like, no, we can get him out of here. But that was a surprise to me that he was cut A-Dub.
1: Yeah, total surprise to me, Perez. I mean, even the whole ordeal, how he got on the Bears, right? how much he was happy to be playing in his hometown and everything else Fresh, I know that's another thing there, but the emotional side of it, right, of coming to play home. And then to get cut at home, it's like, whoa. You know, so that was a shocker for me because you're right. Even looking at the depth piece of it, like, okay, even if he's not the starter, would you want to have him as a depth piece? Or was it really that bad?
0: Or maybe they're just more confident in Sam Mustapher and Jatire Carter. And I think that may be what it came down to. But again, that's when we talk about business. Uh, that's when we talk about football being a business. Yeah, it's a business, man. And and, and a guy like Ryan Poles, you could tell with him. Hey, <laughs> it ain't personal. It's just business.
1: <laughs> hey, look, that's one thing I just that to give Ryan Poles a lot of credit for. He's got to show me.
0: Well, that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. I agree. Mario Edwards Jr. Now, this is one here, a dub that I was kind of like. It's it's it might be more of an indictment on that last regime because when I think about a guy like Mario Edwards Jr., think about penalties, think about maybe not always doing the right things, right? Yeah. When the new regime came in here, they evaluated that, and they were like, nah, we good.
1: <laughs> and we know now we made some mistakes, right? Made some mistakes, and um, they wasn't so sure about it. So I think the regime decided, hey, maybe they can move on from a guy like him, you know? They don't want anyone to ruin what they're trying to be. But
0: I would tell you one thing, Ryan Poles, he's like, fuck dead money, because with this cut, that's 3.9 million in dead cap space for 2022. Ryan Pace was like, just add that shit to the rest of the damn money that I can get <laughs> of this damn team. Because he was like, fuck it. Because Mario was doing, let's just be honest. He didn't do anything this preseason. Nope. You know, and you couple that with some of the things that we heard out there about him in the past, not getting into all that stuff here. But right. this organization, I mean, this new regime is looking at stuff and they're like, look, there's other guys on this roster that are making plays, that are showing us day in and day out what it means to be a Chicago Bear. And and while Mayo Edwards Jr., I'm not going to sit up here and get on this show and say that in the past, I have not been – because I have been big on him in the past. Because you got to think about his versatility along that D line and what he brings to the table we just didn't see in the preseason. but I mean, he's still a good football player. But it just goes to show you the talent that they brought in here, the competition that they brought in here. And what their vision is for this team going forward. So, when you see a guy like Mario was Jr., no longer around, it just goes to show you they're not fucking around.
1: Not playing around at all, Chris.
0: Travon Coley, A dub. Now, that was the one that shocked me more than Mario was Jr. Well, Mario was Jr. I just kind of looked. I was like, damn, okay. (laughs) But Travon Coley, I mean, bro, he did everything in his power to earn a roster spot. Three sacks in the preseason. Yeah. And after the quarterback's ass. But it still wasn't enough, bro.
1: Man, I swear, Prince. He's the one I actually thought would have made it. I'm like, yeah, this guy has a lot. Showing me a lot preseason. Man, holding down the fourth, applying pressure. I'm like, yeah, he got a chance. But you're right, Prince. This be three, you know. But the good thing is, I'm glad, like you said, man, he made the practice squad. But it just shows the competition level out here, man. True that. Also, when you think about the running back, Evans. Yeah. Now, to me, it wasn't all
0: that much of a shock that he didn't make the initial roster. Because you got to think about it, Treston Ebner, I mean, the way he played this preseason, that wasn't Ooh. really much of a shock to me.
1: Nope, not too I think
0: the bigger thing was, for me, was whether the team, and I talked about this on a previous show, whether they were going to keep three running backs or whether they are going to keep four. Because I'm like, if they okay. keep four, Evans makes the 53. If they only keep three, he's getting cut. Well, they only kept three backs, he got cut. But again, it's another case here where the guy was able to get down to that practice squad.
1: You're right. The backfield is loaded, man, and it's tough. So I get it. <laughs> it's just tough trying to keep all of them. So I'm glad he's still with the team, though, in the practice squad.
0: What did you think about Sam Kamara getting cut?
1: That was kind of tough, too, man, seeing Sam Kamara. Because Kamara was also playing tough, too, Perez. I mean, he's playing pressure out there, playing physical yep. as well, and his limited time And he's out there. So I, I do feel bad for him, because he wasn't the only one. Him in, you know... Coley was out there doing that thing, man. So it was like, dang, you know, seeing two guys make the most of their opportunity and didn't make it. Yeah, because
0: honestly, when I looked at that one too, again, he had a strong preseason again. He had he a did. strong preseason last year. And I thought, hey, when I, when I saw the Mario was junior and Coley got cut, I was like, well, Sam Camaro's probably going to make this 53-man roster. But that wasn't the case. But again, there's another situation where we get this guy back on the practice squad. So thankful for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, De- definitely thankful. You know, they have they have different ideas for, for what they want. <laughs> right. I mean, think look at a guy like Isaiah Coulter. Now, I thought he was another standout that we had a wide receiver. I mean, I saw him at Hallis Hall making plays. He was developing nice chemistry with with Justin, and he was taking advantage of the opportunities. That he got cut as well. When I looked at that, one, I said, hey he still has an opportunity in the future because you never know what's going to happen with that wide receiver room, if other cuts, I mean, not cuts, if injuries happen, you know what I'm saying? So you never know. And I'm sure there's going to be a kid that's going to stay
1: red. And as you already know, we got some injuries on the roster right now at the wide spot. So, hey, you never know. He may still get a chance for in the seat during the season. Yeah, when I saw him get cut, I thought it was
0: just more addictive that the Bears just opted to go with Dante Pettis and Tyjian Sharp. They went right. with the vets and obviously guys that Justin Fields kind of, you know, stamped a little bit. You know what I mean?
1: And nothing wrong with that. I, I can understand that part of it too.
0: Greg Stroman Jr. That was another cut that surprised me. You know, he only played in one preseason. He only played in one preseason game, ain't dub. But I thought that performance to me earned him a, a, a roster
1: spot. Hey, I thought so too, Prince. <laughs> they said, hey, they need to see more of it, bro, Prince. We didn't get enough of it, but um, uh, but hey, <laughs> I thought he would have got a chance though.
0: I mean, this is a veteran, right? Plenty of experience in the league. But in that game, his lone game here. My man had a pick, another pass breakup. He did. And so I was kind of surprised that uh that he didn't make it over Lamar Jackson to Jalen Jones. And I talked about Jalen Jones on the last episode, how I thought that you know he had been up and down. While he I did give him credit for the fact that he did struggle and he came back better from those struggles. So maybe the organization looks at a young guy and they said, Hey, I like that tenacity. I like the fact that he came back and came back strong.
1: Yeah, he like the potential, Prez. And I think nothing wrong with that part as well. But you're right. Learning from your mistakes, they gave him a chance. He took advantage of it, too. So he did come back better, though.
0: Now, that's a guy that we did not see come back on the practice squad. So, you know, like you said, maybe they're just going with potential for these younger guys. And so, hey, hopefully those young guys are ready and, 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 and ready to bring it.
1: That's it. That's all we're hoping for, Prez.
0: Charles Snowden, that was a guy that I kind of put on my radar early in the offseason and said, hey, this is going to be a make-or-break situation for him. He was released. This is a guy right here that I think has a ton of of potential. But the Bears had other ideas when it came to Charles. I mean, you got to think about the edge rushers that are ahead of him and who they decided to keep. It was an uphill (laughs) battle. You know what I mean?
1: It really was an uphill battle, Perez. The odds are stacked against him from the start, really. (laughs) But he did try to make the most of it. But, man, it's just tough.
0: I mean, because you know, obviously, we don't even need to talk about the head of the, of the food chain when you got Robert Quinn and, and Al qaeda <laughs> Muhammad. I mean, I mean, that, it is what it is. there. right? But then the way that your guy Dominique Robinson really kind of stepped up, he, he he had he had an uphill battle. Travis Gibson, we already know when he's on yeah. to the table. So it was just one of those things where it was like, hey, this is all stacked up against you, yeah. It's all stacked <laughs> up against
1: you. Yeah, man. But I'm glad I, I applied his effort, though, without a doubt.
0: Yeah, I do too. I do too. But uh, Duke Shelley was cut. Now, listen, I know I roasted him <laughs> on this show before A-Dub, and, but I'm not going to celebrate my man losing the job. I'm just saying here, I wanted the best 53 men on this team. And so I'm not all that upset that he's not on this 53-man roster. <laughs> but I hope that Duke Shelley, you know what I'm saying, gets another shot and another opportunity elsewhere.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Perez. I do hope we get another shot, though. But the reason why I'm chugging is I'm thinking about last season, how bad it was for last season. I'm like, man, you got a long way to go, bro, um, to make this roster here, though. But, you know, you're never never excited to see anyone get cut, right, Perez? But I do hope that he takes full advantage of what he learned here with this regime and take it to the next level with another team he goes to.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Caleb Johnson, another cut. Ooh. I was pulling for Caleb. You know he's a friend of the podcast. We got the beat of his rookie year. Great kid. But, again, when you got a guy like Jack Sanborn that came in here and took advantage of his opportunity, Man. that's what you got to do. Because if you want to get in this league and you want to get the attention of the coaching staff, you got to flash. And I didn't think that Caleb flashed enough out there from the games that I observed.
1: No, he did not flash enough at all, Perez. I think he didn't get hurt in one of those games, too. Yep. It's, it's like Sanborn just on his way, Perez, because you're right. Sanborn made it extremely tough and hard on Caleb, by far.
0: Yes, sir. What did you think when you saw Big uh, Kyra Tonga get waved?
1: Man, I said, what the heck? That was a big shocker for me, you know, just seeing Big Tonga get waved. Because, you know, I, I raved about him, Perez. I thought he had a nice little upside to him. And could show us something, right? But hey, I guess the regime had other plans, and and honestly, Tonga didn't give us a, or show us enough, Ethan Prince.
0: Well, this is my thing. You know, it's a young guy. I thought he had potential. Yeah, I was surprised by the cut. But again, when you look at the people that they've brought in here, hey, they had other ideas.
1: Yeah, and they went out and got Armin Watt. Um, Armin Watts, you know. So it's like, <laughs> you know. That's an upgrade, if you ask me, in a way. So it's like they must have other options when they decide to let Tonga go.
0: Yeah, because to your point, I think Armin Watts is, is Watts. Uh, but I think he I think he is gonna be an upgrade over Tonga. Tonga didn't even get brought back on the practice squad. So That they got if he cleared waivers, maybe if he clears waivers, a dub, they do bring him back. I hope so. Me too. Because in my in my opinion, I think he's got potential. I mean, I, I can see why they might have made the move to upgrade there to get Watson here, but I still think Kyra Tonga's is a guy long term that I would I wouldn't mind seeing him with the organization.
1: I would love to see Tonga remain here, man, and um, I'm still a fan, Perez. I still think he has more to show us, though. But I, I can see him continue to improve. So,
0: in addition, you talked about Armin Watts that was picked up. Alex Leatherwood was another guy that we claimed. Josh Blackwell, Kingsley Jonathan. Sterling Weatherford, and Trevon Wesco. So when you see that the Bears were that busy (laughs) claiming people (laughs) off the waivers, that's why we have some of these additional cuts to happen that we were surprised about, right? Especially when it came to uh, Kyra Stong. But at the end of the day, you know that Ryan Poles is going to make sure that they have the best and most compelling 53-man roster out there. Well, that's what he did. But I want to get your thoughts about Alex Leatherwood coming in here because I like the move. I mean, in my mind, when I saw him out there, I said, ooh, that would be a nice little addition to this line. And they brought him in here. I mean, this is a former first-round draft pick, just in the 2021 draft. Yeah. He got
1: cut already. Right. That was shocking to see him get cut, right? I was like, damn. All right. Uh, But the thing is – Paul's wasting no time, right, bringing him over into, into with Chicago. But, yeah, it's a guy who I think, man, can play multiple positions, too, for right tackle, right guard, got experience at both. So I think, you know, he's still got some upside. I understand people talk about his preseason, what he didn't do. I still think maybe a change scenario, change the scenery, may work out well for him. So I still think a guy like him can still show what he's capable of doing and why he was drafted, you know, in, in the first round.
0: And my whole thing, too, when I see a guy like this get signed, what does that mean? What does that mean for Tevin Jenkins? Do you yep. think the Bears Do you think the Bears give Leatherwood a chance to play in his natural position, which I think is guard?
1: Right there, Perez, because you really don't know how well or how sold is Ryan Poles on Tevin Jenkins. You just don't know, Perez. And you need to have a, a contingency plan for whatever may happen.
0: Yeah, because like I said earlier in the show, when you look at this 53-man roster, you look at the roster from last year, he overhauled that thing.
1: He sure did. <laughs> you know what I mean that's a lot of work baby a lot of and work all, and all
0: of his active rookie draft members they all made the, they made the initial cut you know what I mean
1: solid drafting absolutely that you talk a lot about Perez so you're right he brought in some players who are ready to play who going to increase that competition and who wants to try to fight for a position right now
0: yes sir but like I said I think that Ryan Poles made good on his promise when he talked to that that open impressor and he said he was already built the roster his way. Well, she, he already showed you that in one offseason. There's wow. only 22 players. They dug when I was going through the list of players on this 53 man roster, only 22 players left from the, pre- yeah, from the previous regime.
1: Wow. That's almost
0: that is... 60% turnover.
1: <laughs> that is overhaul right there, friends. That happened very fast, though. But man, that's it's a big overhaul. Wow.
0: Yeah. I mean, look at the guys that make some of the main guys that are still here from the old regime. Justin, Roquan, your boy Money Moon, yeah. David Montgomery, Cole Komet, my boy Jalen Johnson, and Robert Quinn. Those are the notable but, guys that are left. Sheesh. So Robert, so for Ryan Poles, one playing no games,
1: done One playing no games. <laughs> no, he wasn't, friends. You hit a good point. He made hey, he's saying what he's gonna do, and he's actually doing it. So he's trying to upgrade this roster the best way he can.
0: Yep. Now, Nikhil Harry, we didn't talk about that much, but he obviously landed on IR, but he does have the ability to come back uh, as early as week five. So we'll see how he recovers from that surgery that he had. But that's a guy that that Ryan Poles traded for. The guy that's looking for, you know, a second chance here in the league. So we'll see what happens there. But, Adel, before we get out of here, any other main takeaways from you when you look at this 53-man roster that they put together?
1: Oh, this really that this team is really trying to build. I mean, I look at a guy like Josh Blackwell, you know, as a defensive back, you know, that's another guy we added. I just look to see the fact that Ryan Poles really is trying to beef up, you know, um, you know, having that depth, press. I think that is also important too. So I can't say enough about what Ryan Poles is doing with this roster. And hey, I hope it continues to work out for the Chicago Bears team as we go along.
0: Yes, sir. Uh, when I look at it, I look at this roster, they made a decision to keep five safeties. So, my boy DHC, Dan Shake, and Elijah Hicks, we kept three of them. So, I think Ooh. when you look about the makeup of this team, and the, one of the things that, that kind of like really kind of bodes for me when I look at it is, it seemed like they prioritize special teams. So, when you see something like that, when you see some of the guys that are on this 53-man roster, yeah. it looks like they make those decisions with eyeing special teams. Sanborn making the 53. That's a special Mm -hmm. teams move. When I look at the 53, though, I was surprised, honestly, that Mike Pennell made the team. Because as I mentioned, I thought a guy like Trevon Coley, honestly, I thought outperformed a guy like Mike Pennell. But Mike Pennell, as of now, is on the (laughs) 53-day rust. Like I said, things are fluid. They only kept three tight ends. Now you remember that one season where they had goddamn 18 tight ends on the roster. So,
1: <laughs> some
0: big contrast from those days. <laughs> yeah,
1: huge, man. Huge. I'm telling you, boy, they made a big change with that.
0: Yeah, so three tight ends, and uh, we, we see seven wide receivers as of now. That one is counted the Q. Harry, but obviously, he he's going to be on IR. My thing is, when the Q. Harry comes back, what's going to be the corresponding move? So that's why it's going to be up to all those guys in that wide receiver room to realize that, hey, I got five weeks to make a name. You know, when I'm thinking about a Tajay Sharp, a Dante Pettis, or even maybe, that, maybe a St. Brown. like yeah. Those guys are going to have to get out here and make a name for themselves because, well, hey, when the Q Harry comes back, they, they trade a draft capital for him.
1: <laughs>
0: He's going to be on this damn team. Exactly. Earlier in the show, you brought up how the running back room is crowded you right. I mean, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, dang, that's that's the head of the stake there. But Treston Ebner, I think, is going to surprise people and get some early snaps. So it didn't surprise me that they only went with three running backs. I guess when I look at everything as a whole, Nathan Peterman even being on the practice squad, I'm still kind of like wondering, like, why the hell is he here? <laughs> why they signed this man? <laughs> I still don't get it. I don't
1: either, friends. I, they must have their reasons behind that, man. I don't
0: know. You know what I'm saying? That's why those guys make the big bucks, right? They do.
1: <laughs> exactly. That was still a shock for me, too, man, that he's on the, um, the roster. But I know a lot of fans out there who might like him, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, they like me as play and 30 preseason games. But I'm not truly a major fan of him, though. But I do see nah. the guy, you know. Nope.
0: So, some notable practice squad guys before we, before we bounce up out of here. Your boy Simba Webster, they brought him back onto the practice squad. Sir. Micah Treadway, who I thought played very well in the preseason, they brought oh, him yeah. back on the practice squad. Lachavius Simmons, who was a guy that we was thrown into the mix last season on offensive line, we see that he was cut and brought back to that practice squad. So that's a guy that they're kind of looking at long term and think that he might be able to you know, help the organization. But I thought it was kind of interesting that Lachavius Simmons were released and some of the younger kids on that offensive line actually made the 53-man roster.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. It's a shocker in a way, but you know, it's still tough, Fres. I mean, everyone was out there competing hard, man. So you know how it is, for us. it's kind of hard based upon what they actually evaluate on. So some of that stuff is, you know, is maybe objective and some of a little bit subjective too.
0: Yes, sir, but I just can't wait to see what happens with this Alex Leatherwood signing. Because like you said, he had his struggles, but I'm yeah. si- I'm st- but I'm still looking at a guy that's a former Alabama. Crimson Tide football player, former first-round draft pick, a guy that probably wasn't playing his natural position as much as he should have been. Right. I'm going to be very interested to see what happens with him because it's going to be key. Because like I said, when there's smoke, there's fire. We keep hearing all these rumors about Tevin. I mean, Tevin hasn't been happy about it. He left the presser one day this this week, A-Dub, and they were like, hey, so has some of your unhappiness hasn't left yet? And my boy, he walked away was like, what you think?
1: <laughs> but he still yeah. got that chip on his shoulder, Doug. He does, man. He still look pissed off, you know. So I'm glad he's, you know, showing improvement at the position. But, yeah, you're right, Perez. There's still something going on between him and his organization. And something is not quite right, as you can see. Yeah, something ain't right.
0: You, you never know, you know, what he was told. We don't know what the conversations were behind, clo- uh, behind closed doors. It's like no different than the Roquan situation. You got a couple guys right. in that locker room right now that's kind of looking at the, the, the front office like, what the fuck? <laughs> it, it's getting a little personal in the way, as you can see. Well, Tevin even said he said that shit was bothering him. He said it was affecting his mental health. And that's why, for me, I, I like to I, – I like, you know, on the show, I like if a guy, you know, doesn't play well and we hold him accountable and, and whatnot. Well, man, when I hear a guy talking about, man, his mental health was affected by all the stuff that's going on that's why I'm like, listen, man. As fans, it's one thing you know we can talk about their play, but you know, let's remember these guys are people too. You know what I mean? And especially we talk about guys getting cut. Like this is their dream. Yeah. You know, this is something that these guys been playing this game their whole lives. When they're making it in NFL, they call it not for long. Well, that shit ain't a joke because you're not lying. You never know how many opportunities you gonna
1: get at that apple. That's true, bro. I, I do feel for anyone who's having those kind of mental challenges, man, because you hit right on the head, man. You just don't know how they can impact you on and off the field.
0: No, definitely definitely fair there, man. But listen, I'm excited, man, for the season to kick off here, audience. Just kind of look ahead a little bit. a and I are going to return back to our two-episode-a-week format. We got the preview episode we're going to have to preview that opponent, uh, uh, to preview that matchup against the 49ers. Obviously, we're going to have our game recap and the winner's circle's coming back to the building. So, Ada, we got a lot of excited things on tap for DB as we move forward.
1: Yes, sir. Looking forward to it all, friends.
0: All right, audience. We appreciate you guys and your continued support of this platform and for helping make us a top-tier Chicago Bears podcast. we the Bears Centrals. We'll holler at y'all later. Peace.